0: To preach today from the subject, God will make a way. Anybody believe that? God will make a way. Praise God. And I'm reading from Joshua chapter 1. If you will turn with me in your Bibles, we're going to read a few verses. I'm going to read a little more than usual, so I don't want anybody getting nervous. I'm just going to read a little bit here in Joshua chapter 1. I think it's exciting verses, but I'm letting you know ahead of time. And these verses are the promise in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor Forsake thee, can you say amen? amen? Be strong and of a good courage unto this people, shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Can you say amen? Let's put our Bibles down and let's pray. I want to preach. God will make. Away, I want us to pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this service right now. Father, somebody needs a touch of God. I feel the presence of the Lord right now in this sacred place. And ask that you will anoint this vessel. Anoint every heart. Lord, let ears hear. Lord, let us receive and know the truth. And may we be the generation like Joshua that receives it and becomes everything that God intends for us to be. And we give you praise for it. And we thank you for it. Everyone said in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And amen. Now you may be seated. Thank you. God will make a way. So this is that uh, critical time as the transfer of generational faithfulness was required from Moses to Joshua and Moses is gone. And then God makes the promises that we just read. Now, I want to go into chapter 3, verse 13. So if you have your Bibles, just grab them. You can actually open your Bible twice on Sunday. It's it's not illegal. So if you'll just grab it and go back with me. I want to read a little bit more. I told you I was going to read more than usual. Uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 13. And it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. As soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand up on an heap. In other words, just another. That's the King James way of translating Hebrew words. That says the water will be parted, and you're going to walk through it. And it came. In other words, the water is going to heap up on each side of you. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water. For Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. Verse 16, that the waters which came down from above in this flooding time stood and rose up and heaped. In other words, it began to rise up on both sides. Look at verse, and the people, look at the end of the verse 16, the people passed over right against Jericho. Verse 17, and the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, this will be my last verse, the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground. Does this sound familiar? That sounds very familiar. They stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground Until all the people were passed clean over. By the way, that's where we get this expression. Now, it's not used much anymore. But did anybody ever use that expression? They got clean over. We used to do that in Arkansas. I don't know about Georgia. But we would say, man, they got clean over there. And I never knew where it came from until I started reading the Bible. So it came from that. And today, everybody say, God will Make a way. Hallelujah. He's the God that makes a way. He led Moses in incredible deliverance from Pharaoh and led them out of Egypt. And how many knows that God is a delivering God? He knows how to take us where we need to go. Praise God. How could Joshua ever hope... To match such an awesome thing, the Red Sea itself was parted by the stretching out of the rod, and the devil was shaken in his boots because we serve a God that says, I will do it, and I claim it today in Jesus' name. God said, I will. Hallelujah. Just when the devil thinks he's got you at the river's overflowing bank, God will make a way for you. God is your God, and he will not leave you alone. Now, let me remind this fine audience that day transferring truth from generation to generation the day we just read about in joshua 1 and concluded in chapter 3 from the amazing moses to the humble joshua is one of the most challenging of all christian faith experiences to be able to move from one generation from one experience in god to another You see, the devil is counting that somehow between Moses and Joshua, somebody will begin to think maybe God can't do it. Maybe I can get away with it, and I'm just not going to be able to believe that what he did for Moses, he can do for me. But I'm believing here today, and I'm feeling in the power of the Holy Ghost that God is going to do today in this evil hour what he did at Pentecost. He's the same God. But it's a challenging time. It always is, of course. And, of course, Joshua was a different personality, different type of person. He wasn't weaker. He wasn't less of a man. But he certainly had. I mean, when you're coming after a BS call, then you're coming after somebody. So you would want to do that with arrogance. That'd be, that'd be crazy, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be crazy to come with arrogance after great men? And we have just left a generation. We have a generation that's passing behind us. And the devil wants us to think that God is not going to be able to get through to this generation. But God is breaking through. God knows exactly what he's doing. And he said, listen, Joshua, and I'm talking to you today, Joshua. He has said to you, I will be with you as I was with Moses. Praise God. Somebody ought to say, I believe it. I believe that. Some of you that don't believe in speaking in tongues. Now, I teach several languages. I teach Hebrew and doesn't nobody cares, so forget the languages. But I teach four languages and I have a degree in language. And I know it's impossible to speak a language you have never learned unless God begins to do something in you. I was actually invited. Well, I feel pretty Holy Ghost filled. I was invited to a university just because I have a Ph.D. And my uh, third, in one of my degrees, my third degree is in ancient language. And they found out that I speak in other tongues. And when they called, I said, they said, do you speak in tongues? I said, oh, every day. You know why? Because I'm not the least bit ashamed of it. And because it's true. So I told him, yes, when my son had cancer, I began to pray. And guess what? God is a healer of cancer. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. See, they just thought it was about talking in tongues. I said, it's not about talking in tongues. It's about a God that chooses as he wills. If he chooses to heal your body, he can heal your body. He can move it out of the way. Whatever's in your way. That's that's the God we're talking about. God will make a way. Joshua, I'm talking to you this morning. God will make a way. Hallelujah. It's not because we're better than Moses. It's not because we're competing with Moses. It's not about Moses. God is the God of this hour. And he never changes. Praise God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. So everything was against the transfer of. Of generational truth and revival and hope and faith from Moses to Joshua. It's especially difficult in modern times, well, because the world's getting more and more wicked, but because we believe in the coming of the Lord, that Jesus will come. And so many people think, well, Bishop's gonna live till Jesus comes. See, I fell into that. In my mind, I thought, Lord, because he had fallen some years, a few years ago. And uh, really, by all accounts, that should have that should have taken his life. It was it was a, literally a life and death experience. He broke his neck at the age of 80, uh, mid 80s. Uh, and uh, it, it was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it in my life. But God raised him up. God raised him up. Now, many of us uh, didn't have near the... Do the, you, you use the word gumption here? Is that a word, Sister French? Sister French, for 40 years has been my dictionary. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> gumption is a very powerful word, by the way. But Brother Cole had... Uh, he just had something about him. When he first had the surgery and he couldn't use part of his... Uh, one of left or right side, whichever it was. I can't remember. Um, he never complained about it. And I would say, Bishop, are you OK? Could, because I could see he couldn't use that side. And he would say, I'm getting better every day. That's what he would say. So, you know, he was just a great man. He he walked valleys that no one ever knew. He led he led in ways no one ever heard about. He was really and truly a great man. And uh, we all believe that the Lord is coming. And in my mind, because God raised him up when he fell in Birmingham that that afternoon and and in uh, all those weeks that he was in the hospital and then God raised him up, something in my spirit just said, I mean, you know what that did to me? I told Brother Cole, I said, there has not been a single thing since I have been in Georgia that has more inspired me that I am in the perfect will of God than for you, for the devil to attack you and then for God to bring you through it. I mean, it did something to me. I begin to say, devil, you're a liar. Get your heads off of them. You leave them alone. Man, I want to tell you. I mean, we started lopping devil's heads off like you would. They were just flying everywhere. And, you know, we think, and you think I'm joking. I am not joking. You think that, okay, Lord, you raised him practically, I mean, I sometimes say from the dead. I I would say that's a biblical analogy. It's exactly what happened. He was at death's door. The doctors didn't know if he'd even get through. And then God just brought him through. And I believed in my spirit that he was going to make it all the way to the rapture. So for many of us, see, we keep pushing everything off to the rapture. We're not waiting for the river to splash up against us. We say, well, when I get to the river, uh, there'll be a rapture. And the analogy that how many of you ever heard of Elijah? Anybody remember how he left this world in a fiery chariot? So that's what we do. We think, okay, just when it really gets bad and, and they close our churches down, and all, then the, the, the chariot's going to come down. We're going to jump on the chariot. (laughs) You see what I mean? We think it'll all work out. But the fact of the matter is God never promised every generation that there would be a rapture. He promised there would be a final rapture. Our confidence is not only in the rapture, but every day in between. It is absolutely essential that the truth be transferred from generation to generation until that final trumpet sound. Our children have to make heaven. Our grandchildren have to make heaven. Our neighbors have to make heaven. There's going to be a rapture, but God will make a way until the very day the trumpet sounds. Woo! Hallelujah! Somebody ought to claim that today in Jesus' name. I claim that today in Jesus' name. Ikata My grandchildren, my neighbor, my co-worker, my friend. Praise God. Everything, Joshua, was against it. The idea that you could hand the truth. From the generation of the Red Sea and Pharaoh's defeat and hand that revival off to the Joshua generation. It was just practically impossible. There are very few examples, certainly up to this time. That such a thing had occurred, but there was one person. Who believed in it. And his name is God. God believed in it. That's why he told the courageous Joshua as I was with Moses so I will be with you Joshua. <laughs> I change not. Trials may come and Moses may be gone, but I am unchangeable. I am unmovable, and I'm committing myself, Joshua, to you. If you can believe that I am your God, exactly as I was the God of Moses, if you allow me to be that God, I am the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob. And I am committing myself to you, Jacob. Let's clap our hands and thank God for it. Come on, let's, let's give him a little bit of a resounding praise for it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, some of you are thinking that it's too simple, that that's too, uh, uh, too easy, that's, that's too uh, pie in the sky, that's too uh, religious, that's too, uh, too, too simple, reverend. Why would God do it? Why would He tell them? Why, 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 why would God tell Joshua for the priests? Is everybody with me? Can I preach a little bit? Some of you are so quick. I know. Oh, I got to rush home. We got to rush home. Play ping pong. Um, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. That that, that Lord, forget, forget, even I uh, repent of that. Why would the Lord tell Joshua to tell the priests that when they get to that overflowing embankment of Jordan where the water is coming down from the north and it's rushing in and it looks like it's really a flood and and now they're supposed to walk across. And, and the Lord said, you stick your toes in the water. Now, I'm not against asking questions, so I'm going to say that. I don't want anybody to think that I think that if you ask questions, that there's something wrong with asking questions. There, there are questions that are simply wrong, but just to ask questions is human, and God is thrilled when his children ask questions. Nothing I love more than for my kids and, and, and the babies to come and say, Grandpa, Grandpa, hey, uh, you know, what? Oh, I just love it. Oh, here's the answer right here. I'll tell you the answer to that. God loves it when his people reach out to him. So I'm not I'm not condemning anybody for asking questions. But, but here's what happens. Someone will say, what, 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 what purpose is served for God to tell these priests, these, these theologians, these great leaders of Israel to stick their toes in the water? Seems a little undignified. I had a lady one time came to our church, not here, but years back, years ago. And uh, she was from the university. She taught, I taught at the university for some, so I, I knew some of these folks. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, and they knew that I, we just had acquaintance. and So they wanted to come to the church and just see if there was, you know, what it was all about. And this one particular sister, I'm going to tell this very nebulously so it doesn't uh, end up someone worrying about what I'm saying here. And so she walks into the service and, and uh, she had a, a double... I don't know how many degrees she had, but she had a double master's and a PhD, and uh, and so uh, they they just wondered if the if w- what was there was real, and so I said, you "Sure, sure, come in." And they called, "Do you I have a church?" "Yes, we have a church." And so they came in and 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 sat right right about in there, and uh, and I was preaching, and I, I I don't remember what I was preaching, but I, the Lord was moving. I was doing just about what I'm doing now, except I was about 20. Nine or maybe 30 (laughs) and half a lifetime ago for me. And I'm preaching and I, I just started a church there in Chicago. I mean, I was a brand new preacher. I had just bought a Presbyterian church and we turned it into an apostolic church. Built a round platform and put blue carpet on it and a brand new pulpit somebody gave us. And man, I was ready to preach the gospel. And I looked up and head of the department at the university was gone. And I thought to myself, hmm, well, that didn't take long. We didn't even get to the to the altar service. And we'd been singing pretty calm, you know. They all knew she was there. And I mean, I hate it, but they were kind of like, oh, they're, they're here from the university. And yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and so and I could tell they were kind of, you know, they were dancing, but they were dancing a little more. And... Uh, then they come over. So I'm, I'm getting through and we're getting into the altar. And one of the ushers came up to me. Uh, you know the lady here from the university. She's under the front pew. I said, she's where? They said, she's under the front pew. Look right there. There she was. She'd gotten the Holy Ghost while we were singing like Amazing Grace. I mean, the fastest thing we sang was Amazing Grace. And the Holy Ghost, she got the Holy Ghost begin to speak in tongues and fell on the floor. Let me tell you, my friend, we got a hungry world waiting for truth. They're not waiting for somebody to question God. They're waiting for somebody to believe in God. Joshua, I'm talking to you. God will do for you what he did for your mother, what he did for your father. He will do it for you. Let's clap our hands one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, if you're not careful, you can think yourself right out of the will of God. You have to be very, very careful. I don't mean you have to have no brain and so on. Someone said, I don't understand why all the noise. I, well, good. That's a perfect question. I don't understand. That's, that's perfectly legitimate. Understand that. But God has a plan. And he is the one who promised to fulfill that plan. The fact that you may not completely understand it is understandable. It is reasonable that I here I've been preaching the gospel since I was 17 years old. I have no idea half the time what God's next plan is. When our, is our son no, oh, uh, when our son was diagnosed with cancer at the age two. I was completely clueless what God was doing. I was in Chicago and I was so heartbroken. All I could do, the first thing I thought was, oh my goodness, my own baby's got cancer. I can't. What, Lord, are you doing? What what is happening? I know I'm in your, you see what the devil wants? He wants you to stop believing that God is able to make a way. That God will come through just in the nick of time. I'm talking to somebody right now. God is going to come through just in the nick of time. So don't. That you know more than God. I'll say that I was gonna say that nice. I was gonna say that differently. Don't think you know more than God. You may be a genius, you may be the wealthiest man on earth. Half the world's problems today is people think that they know what they do not know. God is the only one that knows all things. He knows the beginning from the ending. I am not promised a tomorrow except that I have an eternity beyond it. I know that God has given me an eternity beyond it, but I also know that God touched my baby that had cancer and that God broke in when it was impossible. So I feel like someone right now is believing. That's why I'm uh, pulling it in question is can you allow God to be God can you say well it doesn't have to be a you know the wealthiest church and the biggest building in the whole city of Atlanta for the Holy Ghost to be there I feel like someone is saying I believe God will make a way I'm telling you right now He isn't a maybe I will make away God. He isn't saying perhaps. Years ago, there was a song that said, perhaps, 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 perhaps. It was a dumb song. And that's what many people think God is like. Perhaps God will do what he promised. But I am here to tell you today. That God will make a way. He said that he would. Now he didn't say he would make you a millionaire. He didn't promise to answer your every whim. And be your Santa Claus. He never promised you a rose garden. But he will be there. When the waters are raging. He. Will be there when your feet nigh slip at the banks of a raging sea. He will show up on time. He knows exactly what you need. <laughs> Hallelujah! I know Joseph though. I know that Joseph says, uh, "Well, uh, man, I'm I know Moses." I'm not what mama was. I I could never be what those Pentecostals are. And I know that it is natural and human to think perhaps, what if I get out there and the priests take their shoes off, their sandals, and they're carrying the presence of God in that ark and, and then they reach their feet out and then, That would be natural. Someone said, well, you know, faith is I can jump off of a building and anything. No, that's not faith. That's called loco. Sorry to switch languages on us there, but you understand. It's natural, though, Joshua. Joshua to be so proud of Moses and so awed by what God has done that you wonder, am I really up to the challenge? Will God do that for me? Is Is it possible that that's really real? You want to know what the biggest problem is? It's not that people don't feel the presence of God. It's that they don't know how to understand it. They'll say, well, what if that's just emotion? Or oh, what if that preacher's just loud? Or oh, what if he's not real? And all those questions are legitimate. So the, the, their minds are, Shh. They're at Joshua. Moses saw it, but what if nothing happens? This is why God repeated the promise. Listen, Joshua. Remember, remember? I was there with Moses, wasn't I? I was there. Don't you remember the day when all of you ran up and he got that rod out? And Pharaoh was there. And he he raised that rod. He could barely hold it up there. and, And so you others came running behind him. And the children of Israel marched across that sea on dry land. And Joshua says, yes. Yes. I just never thought I'd be alone over here on the other side. (laughs) I never thought we'd be actually walking into the promise. It never occurred to me that Moses would go home and that I would be left here. And God says, that's right. But I'm taking this thing to a new level. You don't know it, but Moses is not all I plan to do. He isn't everything. He was great, and his name will be remembered throughout all of time. But he's not everything I'm going to do. Joshua, you listen to me. I will be with thee. Just as I was with Moses. You won't become Moses, you won't be Moses, but I will be with you, and it's up to you, Joshua. Can you listen to me? Can you keep my ark up there on the shoulders of the priests? Can you keep my word in front of the people, in front of everybody? Can you put the word out there and not yourself? Can you allow the power of God to work and not some human something, not your intellect, but the power of God? If you do it, I am telling you, Joshua, I will be with you and I am going to make a way that will demonstrate to the world that I did it. It wasn't because you had a Ph.D. or because you were this or you had money or you had a big crowd or you were on television or you drove a nice car. It will be because I did it and not your Harvard Intellect. The Holy Ghost is talking to this generation. You can have all the money in the world, but it cannot buy you heaven. You can have all the intellect of the sages, but it will not give you truth. I am talking to someone today that God will make the way if you put your trust in him. You need an answer, and it isn't man's answer. You need God to step in. And the devil says to you, that's impossible. The enemy says that boy will never change. That girl is gone. But the Holy Ghost says, never say Never. I can step in and I will make a way. Could we lift a hand and just give him a little bit of praise? Could we just tell him, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I want to go just take it another step. I know some of you can barely take it, but we're almost there. So the first thing that God said to Joshua in this post-Moses transfer is go. Do you see that in verse 2? Isn't it verse 2? Go. Do you see it? Go over this Jordan. It may be raging. It may be harvest season and the waters are deeper than they've ever been. It may be impossible for humans to step in to such a current and make any headway whatsoever. But when I am done with these raging waters that are before you, if you obey me and you step in, I am going to make a way for you that's going to shock the entire world. I feel an unction of prophecy and the Holy Spirit. This very moment, God is getting ready to do for you the impossible. He wants to do the impossible. He is getting ready to show you his glory. We don't have the luxury of telling God that we're just too comfy where we're sitting. That we cannot slip off our sandals because that's just a little too undignified. If you get up with faith and trust that God will make a way for you, it's that simple. Now, let's look at one other scripture, one verse of scripture. 1 Corinthians 10. You can turn or you can just listen. I'm going to read it. Verse 11, chapter 10, verse 11. I'm reading all these things happened. That's directly out of scripture. I'm going to jump around a little. Meaning, of course, to Moses and Joshua. That's chapter 10. You can look it up later and see if that's true. Of course, you know, I wouldn't say it if it weren't true. All these things happened to Moses. All these events took place and the waters begin to heap up. I'm going to stay with that. They begin to heap up. Because I'm talking to someone today that needs God to heap some things up. In your life that are right in your way. And God is getting ready to heap it up on all sides. It's now you listen to me. Let's bow our heads. The devil says it is impossible, but your God says today it is not impossible. For all things are possible with my spirit. When you believe and trust me, I will take the thing that is destroying your life and I will push it aside because I am the God that leads you past your problem. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. All of the things that happened to Joshua, the the river and the Red Sea, both of them saw very similar miracles in which the waters were parted. And God said, there it is. See, that's me. So why did he lead them across the Red Sea on dry ground? Why such a spectacle? This is what 1 Corinthians said. They pulled it up for me there. This is what it says. Why lead them? Why, why dry ground? Why couldn't they have a little mud on their feet? What would be wrong with that? Does the Bible say you can't have mud on your feet? I don't know where it says you can't have mud on your feet. Now, it would be pretty rough if they tried to walk across the Red Sea, and if they moved the water and left it all soggy, they might have never gotten across, certainly with, with, the, with the wagons and so on. Uh, that just makes common sense. My point is, of course, why did he even part the waters? Why didn't he just uh, he could have done anything? One little boy was in Sunday school, and he went home, and, and the parents said, well, what did you learn today? They said, well, we, we learned that Moses went to the, uh, to the Red Sea, and then all of a sudden these helicopters came and blew Pharaoh right up. And they said, oh, honey doll, that you know your teacher never said that. And he said, no, but you would never believe what she said. Parted the waters. I'm trying to talk to you. First Corinthians 10 says the reason he parted the waters was because you were going to come to your raging waves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's going to make a way for you. That's why he did that for Moses. So when you come to the place where the doctors don't have an answer, we have a God who has an answer. When you don't know what to do, we have a God that knows exactly what to do. Verse 13. Throw that up there if you can. He's gonna, he, they're, they're just magical up there. They can grab it. 10, 13. The Bible says God is faithful who will not suffer you. Everybody say you. That was about half of us, but the Bible says you. See, God is faithful. faithful to Moses, he, but he will not suffer you. See? He will not let you to be tempted above. There it is. To be tempted above. See it? That ye are able. So scripture's telling us that the promise let's